I need to fall on the sword because I'm the lone person that voted Kyrie over in third team All-NBA. What? NBA Straya, how are you going? Again, it is NBA Straya. It's Thursday, May 26. It's gonna be May, uh, which is also National Sorry Day, uh, where we do take that moment to uh, remember the pain, grief, and trauma suffered by the stolen generations, their families, their communities. You know, takes us, uh, gives us a moment to uh, focus on healing, pursue reconciliation as well in Australia. So. Good stuff. Uh, either way, I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer, sometimes. And I'm here in Larry Armour Studios. Wet, it's cold. I'm in a hoodie. I'm here giving you the lowdown, all the ins and outs of the NBA playoffs. Uh, and it is all happening. We've got the East Finals Game 5 today. We finally had a close one for a while. And then it wasn't. Uh, so we'll talk about that in the NBA Australia Game Raps. We've got a bit of Ben Simmons news, a bit of Nets news, a bit of Lakers news, a bit of Rusty news. All the good stuff. Uh, we've also got, that's not an iPhone, mate. No, mate. Spot of the night. Better than Lonzo Ball. We've got, yeah, Nas. We've got the unpopular opinion of the day. We've got our back takehouse. We're serving up a flame grilled take. Uh, there is a bonus Grey Mumber Award today. That's right. The Andrew Gay's Grey Mumber Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. And a pick and preview for tomorrow's Game 5 of Warriors Mavs. Love it. And uh, I hope you liked Jock's Rocks yesterday, and we'll finish off today's show with an off-season diary of Stephen Adams, which are always fun. Right, let's get into it. Episode 824 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls. And you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Oh, you better. You better watch out for the Jays attack if you're uh, the Miami Heat. Jeez, that was a hell of a second half. All right, let's get stuck into today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with the Daily. Whip around Ben Simmons. Uh, tiny little update on Simo, a.k.a. Box Hill Betty. Uh, he's progressing well in his rehab from his back surgery. According to a source, he's in great spirits, progressing well, and should be ready in time for training camp. Considering that September, you'd fucking hope so. <laughs> Sticking with the Nets. I enjoyed this one today. It popped off. Oh, man, turns out that Kevin Durant hasn't spoken to the front office since the end of the season. Two more. Yeah. Why should he? He's Kevin fucking Durant. He signed his extension. He's getting paid. It's the off season. I don't want my boss calling me when I'm not working. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Just, oh, I thought I'd call, check in with you, see how it's going. No, I mean, sure, it's like the middle of May and not much is happening, but how are you? Fuck off. <laughs> Sean, don't call me again. Go on holiday, Kevin. Enjoy your vacation. Go check out Movie World on the Gold Coast or whatever. Just chill, bro. Uh, and sticking with the Nets, another report today about uh, Kyrie Irving, who's, uh, you know, decided not to get vaccinated and fucking completely submarine most of the Nets season. Uh, and, of course, his weird injury history. Basically, it's left the Nets going, eh, we don't know if we want to give you a long-term extension. And uh, everyone who hears that will basically say, yeah, are we going to fire it up? We're gonna, yep, here we go. Order! Why would you? The cool thing is, you look at this bit of news and go, yeah, no shit. Nobody else will either. Like if you're Sacramento, <laughs> you're like, I think we're good. <laughs> uh, anyway, so basically it's the Nets and Kyrie probably coming to some sort of uh, – Mutual agreement on a 2 plus 1 or something would be my guess, but we'll see how we go. Either way, any Kyrie news would not surprise me, though, from here on out. And uh, last little bits of news, the Lakers, as mentioned, we've got Terry Stotts, Darvin Ham, and Kenny Atkinson as their uh, three head coaching candidates. Uh, Terry Stotts going in for his second final uh, interview, apparently. And uh, it has been 
essentially sort of uh, insinuated that Darvin Ham, Debo, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks assistant, probably has the front-running spot for the job. And the Lakers were wanting to put Terry Stotts there as an associate head coach with Darvin Ham. And Terry Stotts has gone, motherfucker, I'm still getting paid by Portland. I'm not going to be an assistant. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. So uh, there we go. Best of luck with that, Lakers. And there's also some good, uh, you know, rumors rumbling about Rusty Westbrook and, uh, you know, whether or not he wants a trade and whether or not the Lakers are willing to trade him or what they're going to do and whether or not they're sort of uh, stuck with him and just realizing, oh, God, we're not going to give up a first-round pick to get rid of Rusty. So we're stuck with him. And uh, so just keep your eyes out for any news on the Rusty front because there's, like, other things out there going, oh, he's already asked for a trade, man. He wants to go to the Warriors, the Bucks, or the Heat. And it's like, cool, best of luck, Rusty. I don't think you get a list of preferred destinations when you've played like shit and your current team doesn't, like, is basically being forced to, like, held over a barrel with your contract and with your performance. Yeah, I don't know if you get to dictate where you go, you know what I'm saying? So uh, best of luck with that. Right, speaking of best of luck, let's get into the game wrap. That's right, today's Game Wrap, Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Finals, 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 finals. Celtics 93, Heat 80. Jeez, this was a rock fight, wasn't it? So uh, we went into this game yesterday's preview, talking about how I trust the Celtics offense and defense just that little bit more. Nailed it, uh, because... Even though the Celtics offense just looked like a fucking grind in the first half of this game, it did click in the second. And I think in yesterday's preview, also talked about how this could be the Tatum game where he just goes, fuck you, I'm a superstar, deal with it. And here we go. You know, it was that moment where it's like, you and Jalen need to step up, and they did in the second half, and it was crazy. So it starts off, no one's scoring for ages, and when they did... It was like blood from a stone, wasn't it? It was a rock fight of a first half. I think so. Tatum and Brown went a combined three or sixteen in the first half of this. Every time Jalen Brown tried to dribble, he fell over or basically gave the ball up. There was one where he drove and just like lost the ball out of bounds. You're like, he literally can't drive and dribble at the same time. Later, I think he hit on a winning idea: dribble once or twice outside the arc, get one more bounce in gather, and then just fucking hammer dunk everything. Because <laughs> that seemed to work. Uh, but Tatum looked off with his shoulder. I think I tweeted out at one point. Um, he looks like me having bowled my mandatory two overs in pub cricket. That's because I've got a subacromial bursitis in my right shoulder, which has completely stymied my NBA career, obviously. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, I'm just like always rolling it over, just going, fuck, you're trying to put a bit of pressure on the bit where it hurts, trying to push it back. It's exactly what Tatum was doing. And uh, I'm just like, yeah, give this man the uh, the jab. Get some of that sweet, sweet juice in there and fix it up. What are we doing? Um, but either way, look, the first half, I think Tatum was one of nine. Brown was two of seven. He had the four turnovers as well. The Celtics were 100% kept in this game in the first half by Derek White, the Buffalo, and Big Al Horford. They went 8 of 11 combined, those two. Everybody else went 5 of 23 in the first half. Talk about a fucking rock fight. But the thing was, it was a rock fight on both sides. The Heat only led because they had 16 second chance points in the first half off nine offensive rebounds. They couldn't hit anything at the rim because the, I don't know, the Celtics were giving up uh, pretty, uh, pretty tough shots at the rim. The Celtics then just decided never to box out, though. So they just kept getting these free uh, the free runs, free offensive rebounds. But the problem was for the Heat, they only had two free throws in the first half. And Butler looked a little bit slow. Gabe, Vincent, Struess, the Mosquito Fleet weren't hitting. And uh I'll tell you what, Big Buddha Gar Larry and Max Struess, they're going to pop up again later. But, geez, neither team could hit a three in the first half. And it was just ugly. Like, it was a brutal half of basketball. It was 42-37. to It's the lowest scoring first half of a conference finals game since uh, a Miami indie rock fight eight years ago. Jesus. But then, but then, 
it all turned. So after Miami's backcourt had a combined zero points, starting backcourt had zero points in the first half, you're like, all right, well, that'll, that'll probably turn. Maybe the Jalen and uh, the and Jason will turn as well. And it did. It turned for Boston. It did not turn for Miami. Boston started 8-0 out of the gate in the third quarter. Miami started 0-8. <laughs> they literally couldn't hit a shot. Their only points in the first five minutes of that third quarter came off free throws. And then they finally hit some shots. Uh, but it was kind of indicative of how bad Miami was shooting through that third quarter. Mike Breen hit Oladipo with back-to-back way off. <laughs> way off. Oladipo way off. It's like, yeah, geez. Oladipo was having a shocker. The Heat couldn't buy a bucket. Butler just has zero lift in his legs at the moment. And there were moments where, in that middle of that third quarter, they threw the ball to Bam at a bio. It's like, all right, come on, Bam, let's go. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is good. Off we go. And then Time Lord came back in, screwed with Bam a little bit. Uh, you saw both teams going small at times, which is pretty gnarly. Peyton Pritchard was completely excised from the Boston rotation in the second half, which was smart. Uh, basically, it meant that there was no real uh, leak on the Boston defense that Miami could attack time and time again, which is what they were doing in the first half. And then it really turned. So you saw basically that kind of gummy third quarter. The Heat end up shooting 4 of 23 in the third, which is crazy. And Badouge, at the end of the third, a 10-zip run from the Celtics suddenly turned this from an absolute nail-biter, a one-point lead to an 11-point lead going to the fourth. You're like, what the shit just happened? How did Boston do that? And then you've got to open in the fourth quarter. Jason Tatum played every minute of the second half apart from the last two minutes of garbage time. Uh, but they bookend a Butler, Jimmy Butler too, with threes for Brown and Tatum. And then Tatum gets another beautiful little jumper in the paint. Sort of drives, spins, goes up, nails it, and it's a 17-point Celtic lead. And at that point, the Heat were 5 of 37 from downtown. How do you have 32 missed threes with five makes? That is insane. And then, boom, Brown hits a three, 20-point game. Back-to-back turnovers from Gabe Vincent in the Heat. Another three for Brown. It's an 83-60 to Boston lead. 83-60. to that is absolute chaos. That's a 46 to... Uh, sorry, what is that? A 46 to 18 run? Jesus. But it capped off a 24 to 2 run for the Celtics where that one point lead that they had, two and a half minutes left in the third, 24 to 2. And that was the game. That was literally the game. The Celtics kept it ticking over in the fourth quarter. Brown had his sick dunk that I mentioned earlier. Uh, Duncan Robinson, though, look, he'd found his uh, shot at the end of game four, had it again in this one. And it was kind of weird that Spo didn't go to him more, but, I mean, this is the problem. Defensively, Duncan Robinson just can't keep up. But he hits a three. Butler hits some free throws. Vincent hits another three. It's down to 13. It's four minutes to go, and you're like, hang on. This is still a game. But then, over the next two minutes, literally no one hits a shot. Gay Vincent had two really good looks at open threes. It would have cut it down to, what, 10? But they were both too strong. And missed shots from everybody, literally, from <laughs> for the next two minutes. Tatum draws a foul with two minutes left, hits them both, and it's a 15-point lead. And you're like, oh, shit, there's only two minutes left. That's it. And it was that moment where you go, they've pulled Pritchard, the Celtics, Spo stuck with Lowry, and it uh, didn't work. And the big thing, I guess, uh, basically, you come to the end of this, in those last two minutes, uh, it's garbage time. They emptied the benches. Very smart. It was good to see Boston go right everybody out. <laughs> Right fucking now. But the key for Boston, there were 10 turnovers in the first half. They only had five in the second half entirely. And for the Heat, look, they got blown out at home. They had 13 more offensive rebounds and three fewer turnovers. They basically had 16 extra possessions in the opposition. And they combined that with historically horrible three-point shooting. And they couldn't get to the free-throw line by the two dudes on their team who aren't three-point shooters. Butler and Adebayo. So if you're not hitting free throws or even getting to the line and you're missing every three, guess what? You're gonna lose! And that's what happened. So I, for one, also think having a starting backcourt go 0 of 15 and their primary back backup go 1 of 7 is a pretty bad thing. So the Heat 
lose this one. They end up 7 of 45 from downtown. That is still very, very bad. You've missed 38 threes in a game. 31% from the floor. Just brutal. They had 14 total free throws as well. Jimmy Butler only has 13 points. He shoots 4 of 18. It was just... It's like it's a combination of a little bit sad, but also a little bit, oh, yeah, this is what happens. You grind down Butler, and suddenly you stymie him with a really good defense, and he just doesn't have that sort of backup of like, oh, it's all right, I can still shoot threes. Doesn't have it. But he did have six rebounds, four assists, a couple of steals and a block, 18 and 10 for Bam. He was good. But again, the Celtics really kept the ball out of his hand, and this is it. Like, as soon as they're playing Time Lord, Robert Williams, Bam's influence on the game just sort of wanes. And it's weird, but not really that weird because Time Lord's fucking special. Gabe Vincent ends up with 15, 1 of 7 from deep. Duncan Robinson goes 3 of 10 from downtown. Oh, so close to the old uh, 3-11. But either way, Tucker, 7 points, 11 rebounds. Played a long stretch as the center. They basically just went, all right, cool. No Dwayne Deadman for us today. And uh, went small until uh, obviously Yurtseven comes in at the very end. But that was it. Because everybody else was horrible for the Heat. Lowry gets 0 points and 0 of 6 shooting. Struess goes 0 of 9. He did get 4 free throws, so he ends up with 4 points. But Jesus, Oladipo, 1 of 7, 0 of 3 from downtown. 4 turnovers. Anytime he could have more turnovers than points, ah, jeez. 0 assists as well. Caleb Martin had 7 points on 7 shots, and the Heat just, ugh. It was absolute struggle town, wasn't it? Uh, meanwhile, the Celtics, 10 of 33 from downtown. They ended up evening up basically the rebounds, 46 to 48. Uh, 24 assists to 14, though. So anytime you're actually going to move the ball and score some buckets, that's good. <laughs> because they had 24 assists on 33 made shots. That's great. Whereas, I mean, the Heat had 15 on only 30 made shots. That's just because the Heat couldn't hit a shot either way, but... Still, um, pretty crazy stuff. Tatum ends up with 22, 12, and 9. Started 1 of 9 shooting. Finished 7 to 20. So that's not so bad. 6 of 11 in the second half. You'll love to see that. 2 of 8 from uh, 3. 5 turnovers, but still, wasn't too bad. Brown was egregiously bad with his turnovers in the first half. He had 4 in the first half. Got yelled at by Ime Udoka at halftime. And didn't turn the ball over again. Turned into a catch-and-shoot, catch-and-dunk dude. Ends up with 25-4, and and it was great. The best part was, though, he goes 5-9 of from 3 after barely sniffing it early and uh, crushed it. So that was pretty good. Horford ends up with 16-7-5. He played his ass off. As I said, he and White carried this team. So Horford ends up with 16-7-5, shot 5-8. of Derek White goes 14 points, 5 assists, 2 steals and a block. Shot 6-8. of Hit every two that he took. He went 0 of 2 from downtown. Uh, he had 6 points, 10 rebounds, and 3 blocks with Time Lord. He was really good. Smart. Didn't impact your uh, offensive scoreboard that much. 5 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 of 5 shooting. Gross. Uh, but hit a 3 and did a masterful job on a... Uh, look, it's pretty funny like watching Smart on one leg with a bung ankle going up against Jimmy Butler on one leg with a bung knee. But Smart did a very good job. He's just fucking so big and so wide. So hard to move him. Derek, look, great effort from him. Horford, awesome. And Smart defensively, amazing. Grant Williams ends up with 5.6 rebounds. Only goes 1 of 4 from 3. And that was about it. I mean, Pritchard only played 6 minutes in the end. 0 of 2, both from downtown. And Boston go up 3-2. They're shipping up to Boston for Game 6 for an elimination alert. Elimination alert. Elimination alert game. Uh, which is pretty gnarly. So 3-2 in the Eastern Conference Finals. You might remember, what was it, 2012? Boston up 3-2 in the uh, Eastern Conference. Is that semis or finals? Yeah, it was finals, wasn't it, against Miami? Uh, but this Miami team does not have LeBron James, D-Wade, or Chris Bosh. So uh, we'll see what happens next. Eh? All right, well, with that in mind, let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. I was tempted to put Al Horford here because he had such a good, good game. Uh, Every time there was like a sort of slowdown in the Boston offense, Al would somehow find himself with the ball, just throw a shot in, just get a little tip runner in, didn't matter, and then he'd hit a three from a nice Tatum pass. 
But it's got to be Tatum and Brown going absolutely fucking Super Saiyan, right? In that second half, like that was so bad in the first half that it was crazy. First half, they combined for 10 points on 3 of 16 shooting. In the second half, they combined for 33 points on 13 of 18 shooting. Jesus! Not bloody bad. So, look, this can almost be sent down to like five minutes at uh, the end of the third quarter, the start of the fourth quarter, right? So I've got Boston mates texting going, Jesus Christ, this sucks. We're getting belted. The refs are giving you shit. And I'm like, shut up, sooks. But the end of the third and into the fourth. Here we go. This is what happens. It's a one-point game with two and a half minutes to go. Grant Williams hits his only three of the game. Sweet. They're up four. Jalen hits a two. Derek White gets a free throw. Tatum hits a two. Jalen hits a two. Jalen hits another three. Jimmy Butler hits a shot. Tatum hits a three. Tatum hits a two. Jalen hits a three. Jalen hits another three. And that's it. It's a one-point game to now a 23-point game with eight minutes to go. It's basically been, well, that's six and a half minutes worth of a uh, blowout right there. That was literally every bucket that was scored in that entire stretch. There was one. 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 <laughs> from uh, Jimmy Butler. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So the 25 for Jalen Brown was really, really good because I just thought, like, you looked at that first half, and you're like, he is an absolute fucking mess. He can't dribble. He literally, look, my long-held belief of Jalen Brown is an inability to dribble and, uh, you know, upping the ante of just going, dude, what is he doing? It was absolutely fucking atrocious in the first half, but... How he turned that around was fucking inspiring. Five of nine from three. And uh, he and Tatum. And Tatum just sort of went, right, cool. My shoulder's a bit fucky. I can't hit a shot in this first half. What did I say? One of nine? To then end up seven of 20 and hitting just some really tough little runners. I think one of those twos in in that stretch in the third into the fourth was just a really, really tough layup where he sort of gave it a bit of a reverse spin off the backboard. It was beautiful. So for Butler to sort of go, right, I'm out here trying to take these guys down. And it's just like he's out there shooting blanks because there's no one else in his team that's stepping up anywhere near the way that Jalen and Jason did today. So Tatum and Brown going absolutely super saiyan. That's easily the NBA Australia approved performance of the night. Flip side of that, though, who was spot of the night? Spud, 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 of the night. Oh, jeez. Well, the Heat's starting backcourt of Maxi Struess and Big Buddha Lowry. Oh, of 15 from the field. Oh, of 15. It's never happened before. Oh, of 12 from downtown. This is an absolute chaos stat where it's like, oh, yeah, cool. The worst offer for a starting backcourt in a playoff game since starters were officially tracked in 70-71. That's ridiculous. Over 15. God damn it. Big Buddha Carl Lowry. I mean, what a horrible game it was. For him to go 0 of 6, 0 of 5 from downtown, but the three turnovers, zero assists for me is just absolutely what killed them. Because, I mean, you can't have Larry out there just sort of trying to orchestrate stuff and not actually orchestrating shit. Like, Struess, 0 of 9 in 20 minutes is brutal. Like, that's Reggie Bullock. Territories are brutal. 0 of 7 from downtown. He did get the line a couple of times. He ends up with the 4 points, 3 assists, 0 turnovers, 3 fouls. But to go 0 of 15 combined and 0 of 9 for Maxi Struess before he left, absolute horrible territories. I mean, as mentioned, Oladipo went 1 of 7 as well, 0 of 3 from downtown. But seriously, the Heat missing 38 three-pointers tonight. That's the second most in a single ever playoff game. Ever. The second most to miss 30 30 fucking eight threes. What a horrible spud night it was for the Heat. But Struess and Lowry, literally, to combine for 0 of 15 for the first time since they started tracking this shit, Where's this got to go? This is going straight to the pool room. I mean, does this join Dylan Brooks and Reggie Bullock in the uh, shitty Louvre? I reckon it might have to. Struess and Lowry going 0 of 15. That is just, I mean, you're at home. It's a game five. You've got to win this. You've got to win it because the other team's going home and they go 0 of 15 combined. So that's going to the shitty Louvre and we can all marvel at it for years to come. Who was old mate no mates, though? 
Who's got no mates today? Uh, Joel Embiid on Twitter. Miami needs another star. So, yes, Jimmy Butler definitely needs a mate. He's got no mates. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, we spent through the fucking nose to get Kyle Lowry, man. Bam, out of bio's an all-star. And it's like, yeah, and we're seeing their limitations rip pretty fucking large now, aren't we? Uh, Embiid, though, just throwing a bit of kerosene on the fire with a Miami needs another star tweet. I love it because it's very much clearly... Joel going, jeez, I'd like to be playing in fucking Miami. <laughs> uh, Daryl Morey is just like, shit. <laughs> really, Joel? Fuck. Shush. Anyway, uh, but another great old mate, no mates, is your fucking mate moment today was uh, Stephen A. Smith just giving it the old, uh, what? What was that? What the hell was that? The uh, He literally you could hear him just go, what? Uh, when Jalen Rose was like, yeah, I voted for Kyrie Irving, All-NBA third team. Stephen A's just like, what? What? And it's very, like, one of the very few times I've agreed with Stephen A. Smith just going, hang on, no, seriously, this fucking moron, Jalen Rose, who I do enjoy voting for fucking Kyrie Irving, third team All-NBA. The dude played 29 fucking games, mate. He submarined his fucking team's entire season. And even in those 29 games that he played, he fell off a fucking cliff at the end of it. What are you doing? What are you doing? So that's definitely like the fact that Stephen A. Smith was calling him out on air like, what? Was definitely, he's your fucking mate. Jalen's your fucking mate, mate. Um, I enjoyed that Jalen Rose did own it though. He's like, yeah, I fucked up. I got like uh, mesmerized by his moves. He's like, Jalen, you should be better than that. What are you doing? Pantsing of the night, though. Fatty, fat, 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 fatty, fatty, fat, fat. Uh, Bam Adebayo jumping over basically Tatum and Jimmy Butler kind of at once. That was pretty gnarly. Uh, Jalen Brown making Bam get the fuck out the road. I always love a get the fuck out of the road dunk because the defender just goes, oh, shit, no. <laughs> and, like, that's such a pantsing when the defender's like, ah, I want no fucking part of that, man. He's already up. That's two points. I'm out. I'll see ya. That's exactly what Bam did uh, when Jalen Brown picked up that dribble, just going to fucking hammer dunk it over everybody. Uh, but my favorite panting of the night was probably Time Lord, Robert Williams, blocking Gabe Vincent's corner three because I actually brought it up on the broadcast. It's like, yeah, you can see him start in the paint. He gets all the way out to Gabe Vincent, gets a hand, gets a fingertip to the corner three and blocks it. Like, these are the sort of plays that make... Um, a 13-point eventual win. Yeah, Time Lord blocked Gabe Vincent in the second quarter with that three. Like, it was insane. Like, it was such a great block. You're like, dude, that is ridiculous. And hell of a Panton. I think he actually... I feel like Time Lord blocked another... Yeah, Time Lord blocked a PJ Tucker three as well in the third quarter. Just the sheer length of the guy to get out there and actually block it was absolutely gnarly. And it's like, yeah, that's a lot of block threes. Like, what are we doing here? Either way, great stuff by Time Lord. He was amazing. You love to see it, and that's what wins your games. So that's a bit of a pantom. Gabe Vincent sucked in. Finally, who was better than Lonzo Ball? Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you'll get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. He's coming for everybody. Coming for everybody, that's right. It's going to be Duncan Robinson. I'd like to have a beer with Duncan, because he finally found his shot. Uh, because, I mean, look, the Celtics, we can always do better than Lonzo Ball with Jason Tatum, who was drafted directly after Lonzo, uh, on the cusp of making his first finals. Lonzo's literally never made the playoffs, so that's pretty easy. How about Duncan Robinson, though? It's just nice to see him back out there and uh, doing some stuff. 28 minutes, goes 4-12 from the floor, 3-10 from downtown, ends up with 11 points, 4 rebounds, an assist, a steal, and 4 fouls. But hey, to, to be honest, he was the only bloke in a positive plus-minus who played for the Heat that wasn't the garbage two minutes right at the end. He was a plus three. So I'm just saying, Duncan Robinson. Spo, you've made this make mistake before, mate. What are you doing? Get him out there. And there you go. All right. That's a, uh, guess what? Duncan Robinson, better than Lonzo Ball. All right, let's go do some uh, NBA Australia. Yeah, nahs. Right after this. 
This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some Yanars there. Brought to you by the NBA Australia Shop. Go get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Yeah, listen to them right there. Go get your merch. Get a logo tee. Get a rose gold tee. Get a hoodie. Get right around it. NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Uh, or just click on any of the links in the old uh, socials there. Nice pictures. Go see what you get. Go do it i got to move a bunch of shit out of that room, so that'd be uh, really handy if you bought some stuff. Right, let's do some ENRs. Number one, is Jason Tatum right? Does it not make sense that Joel Embiid came second in MVP and didn't make All-NBA first team? Yeah, nah, yeah. But also, guess what, Jason? He got more first team votes and more votes overall than you. So, Jason... Let's see what he says when we go positionless and Tatum gets bumped to the second team. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but speaking of which, should the entire All-NBA voting uh, just be me? Because <laughs> I got it all right. Uh, yeah, nah, yeah. Because here's a couple of things that are a bit fucky. Desmond Bone got an All-NBA vote as a forward. Who the fuck did that? Jalen Rose obviously gave Kyrie fucking Irving... A vote for third team All-NBA with Kyrie playing fucking 29 games. What are you doing? What is happening? That is unbelievable. And how about Kendrick Perkins and his entire fucking horrible ballot? He had Booker over Giannis for MVP. He had Alvarado and Trey Murphy and Austin Reeves. In his all-rookie teams, but no Herb Jones. He didn't have Giroux Holiday, Fred Van Vliet, Draymond, or Rudy Gobert in his all-defense. He didn't have those guys. He had Pat Bev, Caruso, and KD instead. Caruso played half the game. He played 41 games. What Over Holiday. What are you doing, Kendrick? He had Jalen Brown, All-NBA, over Siakam and Butler. But... I mean, that's okay, but Jesus, Kendrick fucking Perkins. What a giant spud. So if you ever need, like, another bit of an argument about why uh, former players or current players should be in charge of voting, just look at Kendrick Perkins' fucking complete dog's breakfast of a voting card. Uh, But also, really, All-NBA, should it just be the same as All-Star? Like, two backcourt players, three frontcourt? Yeah, nah, fuck yes! It's crazy to me. That it isn't already. Like, what are we doing? Like, we understand that, yeah, we can go completely positionless if you want. I think that's a little bit silly. I still think that, you know, we reward uh, folks who are playing the positions that they play. But this, like, the two backcourt, three frontcourt players thing really actually does reward probably the five best players in the NBA, right? You get to go, cool. Two backcourt dudes, you've probably got Luca in there. You've probably got Booker. And your three frontcourt just probably turns into Giannis, Joel Embiid, and Joker. And guess what? Tatum misses out, but that's fine because he also didn't get as many votes for the first team as Joel Embiid. Embiid just got fucked by the stupid positions of like, oh, we need one center. That's fucking ca- Oh, but we put them as forwards and centers, but that's not the position they play and also, you don't have a spot. <laughs> like, you basically cram whoever gets the most amount of votes at the position that... Well, the position they get the most amount of votes for. That's where they have to be slotted. And that's what fucks Embiid. So it should be two backcourt at three frontcourt. Like All-Star. It's weird that it isn't already. And that'd fix half of this. And I'll tell you what. Should we also have... If you want a little bit more guidance as a voter... Should we also have the leader threshold? So if you want to lead the NBA in scoring, if you want to lead the NBA in rebounds, assists, etc., 
You can't just play two games, chuck up 35 in both of them, and then retire and win the scoring title. No, you've got to play 58 games. You've got to play 70% of the season. Guess what? I think you should have to play 70 fucking percent of the season if you want to be in the All-NBA. Yeah, nah, yeah. You want to discourage rest and load management? Boom. There you go. Just like winning the scoring title without playing 58 games, guess what? You can't do it. You can't also make All-NBA or MVP. Easy fix. The crazy part is for me, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Ja, they all made All-NBA, but KD only played 55. LeBron played 56 and 57 for Ja games uh, this year. They probably would have gotten out there if the All-NBA hinged on 58 games. Once or twice extra, I'm just saying. Just saying. Seriously, you got to play 70% of the season. Is that too much to ask? Oh, but injuries. Yeah, guess what? If you get injured, that sucks. And also, tough shit. Fucking people wring their heads. Oh, it's a participation trophy. Oh, this participation trophy culture. It's like we're letting dudes in who have played less than 70% of the fucking games. Get out of here. Ugh. Anyway. Jez. Oz sent through a couple of Yenars for us as well. The Mavs season should be graded in an A. Given that they avoided the sweep today, yesterday, after going down two to the Suns, most would have thought that losing to the Suns was a good result. Yeah, nah, yes, 100%. That's like the weird thing that kind of got lost. Um, before the Suns, uh, before the Mavs won yesterday, like the fact that the Mavs won all the way through, beat the Suns, and made it to the Western Conference Finals is a huge win as a season, right? And the fact that they got into the Western Conference Finals. They beat the Suns in seven. That's huge. So it's definitely greater than an A uh, because, I mean, that Suns team was a fucking juggernaut. We saw it all season. And then Chris Paul turned 37. <laughs> but the Mavs have definitely, like, if not exceeded expectations, then more than lived up to them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, having Hardaway Jr. and maybe another reliable veteran could see the Mavs take the next step. Yeah, nah, yeah. I think this has been the series where you're looking at Hardaway Jr., Tim Hardaway Jr., Tim Hardaway the lesser, and you just know that he would probably have two games in this series where he'd have just a little stretch where he just gets a little bit fucking hot and he throws in like 16 points for a game and it completely changes the complexion of their offense, right? So you'd turn from Luka your main threat with your Spencer Dinwiddie, Jalen Brunson sort of backcourt mates. Uh, and then you've just got an extra threat off the dribble, which they just do not have outside of those three guys. So you get Hardaway Jr., maybe one of the veteran. Hopefully Josh Green just takes an extra little bit of a step and he can turn into the perfect 3 and D dude for them. But uh, yeah, Hardaway Jr. would make a huge difference, I think, if he was healthy. And last one for Jez, even though he was shit yesterday... The Dubs have unanimously won the Wiggins D'Lo trade. I mean, I could just stop him there and just say, yeah. Uh, because when Wigo has a day out, it normally results in a win. D'Lo has a day out. It's normally barely 40% from the floor, and they've lost because no one else gets the ball. Yeah, nah, yeah, fuck yeah. Look, uh, folks understand my antipathy towards D'Lo. Having watched him for years in Brooklyn, uh Always felt like a dude who was, like, fun to be around, but fucking horrible to play with. Because he walked onto every floor going, I'm the best one here, and literally backed it up once every couple of weeks. And when he did, he's fucking spectacular, and he's an amazing talent. But the problem is there's just zero consistency. And I think just the simple culture switch for the Warriors of moving D'Lo for Wiggins, who is the exact sort of wing defender and scorer they kind of needed next to Curry and Clay, especially coming back from, you know, their various injuries. It's perfectly, yeah. I mean, shit, yeah, they unanimously, unanimously, unanimously won that trade a million times over. That's a good one by Jez, though. So thanks for sending those in, Jez. Remember, just hit me up with the NRs, anything you want, send them through. DMs are always open. Right, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Uh, yeah, just because you play basketball professionally doesn't automatically mean you know your ass from your elbow. I don't think this is unpopular. Uh, but I mean, seriously, Jay Rose copped to fucking up. Good on him. But who in their fucking right mind would look at their, like, all-NBA ballot and go, you know what? 
Sure, Kyrie didn't play for the first two-thirds of the season, and the entire drama surrounding him being a fuckwit completely ruined his team's season. But I think I should put him on third-team All-NBA. What are you thinking? Then you look at Kendrick Perkins' dog breakfast, dog's breakfast of a fucking ballot. Like, what are you doing, Caruso? 41? Look, Caruso was great. He played 41 games. No Herb Jones. You put Trey Murphy in your all... all <laughs> do you think you just thought that Trey Murphy was Herb Jones? Seriously. Just because you play basketball professionally doesn't mean you know shit. <laughs> oh, God. Because that's the thing. It's like, it's the same with uh, local media, right? And when they... Uh, local media, because they're so concentrated on the team that they've got to cover in their market. And it's like, it's not something we really quite understand, I think, in Australia. Because we really only have, what, the two major markets in Melbourne and Sydney. And then, obviously, Brisbane, Gold Coast, Queensland, big population centres, Adelaide, Perth, same sort of vibes. Obviously, Tassie, but we don't have, like, the same specific uh, day-in, day-out coverage of just one team per sport for basically most of the codes that are popular in Australia, right? So it's like NBL is not quite big enough to have that sheer just complete uh, blinkers-on vibe, but in the US, they do. And so with 82 games in an NBA season and you're covering your home team, you know, 41 times out of the year, and if you're traveling as well, you're just missing a bunch of other shit. So why it's always weird that they give beat reporters like votes and shit like that to me like national media checks out because they get to take this uh, meta view of stuff and when they have like special comments guys and folks like that uh, it just really makes you scratch your head anyway what about Outback Takeouts for today though It's Thursday at Outback, and you know what that means? Oh, yeah, two for one blooming onions. Of course, no prick in Australia knows what the fuck these things are. It's a onion, like a flower. Yes, definitely an Australian delicacy, if you're a fucking psycho. Either way, two for one, only at Outback. And today's Flame Grill take is, Jimmy Butler might have a bung knee, But Jimmy Butler, because everyone loves his grit and his hard play and his fuck you attitude, it means that Jimmy Butler gets away with more shit games than any other NBA star. Only at Outback. I mean, 100%, right? That's not even a flame grill take. That's like a, yeah, that's just what happens. Like if LeBron or KD or Luka or Giannis or Steph... I mean, had a game like Jimmy Butler did today. Like, he was actually, he was so bad, but his teammates were also so bad. Like, Butler didn't even get spot of the night. But he shot four of 18. Four of 18. I get that you got a sore knee. But, jeez. Four of 18 and one of five from the floor. 13 points. He gets away with more shit games than any other NBA star. Like, if LeBron or KD had this in a game five to go down 3-2 in a fucking series, that would lead every Talking Head NBA show. 100%. All right, take a break. Be back with a uh, Andrew Gay's Grand Mumber Award for Outstanding Team in the Field of Excellence right after this. This is Mick Kay, and you'll listen to NBA Australia. Andrew Gay's Grey Mumba. Alright. Clap it up. There you go. Yes. Jason Tatum. Not bad for a 19 year old. He's got 1,508 career playoff points. He's actually 24. We know that. Um. So he went into today's game with 1,486. He scored 22. So uh, as a math magician, I think that puts him at 1,508 career playoff points. That means he is the second youngest player ever to have 1,500 playoff points behind Kobe Bryant. That is an outstanding achievement in the field of excellence. 
Absolutely love that because, uh, I mean, look, not bad for a 19-year-old. Yes, that's the joke that we love here on NBA Australia, but at the same time, I mean, holy moly. 1,500 is a lot, and it's like one of those things, because it's been such a weird bunch of fucky years, right? COVID, all this sort of shit, just the sheer weight of, like, conference finals that the Brown-Tatum Celtics have been to is actually now pretty crazy, and it's kind of cool. So good on him. Good job, Jason Tatum. And I was really glad that, like, that second half, the bounce back was awesome. He and Brown, they needed it. They stepped up big time. You love to see it. All right. What about a Patty Mills game day ball or game day Twitter check-in? Uh, enjoy this one today because we've got a jingle in Joe Ingles rehab update. That's right. He got tweeted. So uh, he tweeted out, you know, coffee emoji, coffee emoji, coffee emoji, as he tends to do. And uh, Uni replied and went, what's for breakfast today? And Jingles replied, ACL rehab. And, uh... Shaniel SEN17 asked, are you still braced or have you graduated from the hardware? Jingles replied, haven't been braced for a while now. Things going along very nicely. Oh, how good's that? And how's the rehab coming along, Joe? Asked Tom Ashby. Jingles retweeted that saying, dominating it. Absolutely great. And then someone, T Burns, asked, is it just me or does Joe Ingles look like the clever girl guy from Jurassic Park? You mean Muldoon? What are you doing? And uh, tweeted the picture out. It's like, that's a bit, that's a close one. I like that. Clever girl. Uh, he did the cry laughing emoji, cry laughing emoji, cry laughing emoji. So Good stuff, Jingles. Right, what about tomorrow's game preview? Game preview. Game preview. Thanks, Inverton Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's it all going? Oh, mate. Getting more and more excited for this weekend. An entire weekend of Hold Steady shows. I am fucking amped. A million beers, a million sing-alongs. Yeah, it's stuck in. Easily one of my top four uh, bands of all time. Got a hold steady tattoo on my arm. Um, right. So we went one-on-one on today's picks because we uh, nailed the Celtics pick. And uh, that also reminded me that yesterday, I think I put myself back up to 500 when I was only 39 of 79 because as a math scientist, to me, that meant I was 500. I was not. Now I'm at 40 of 80 picks so far, these playoffs. So... <laughs> That's actually 50%. Good job, Jimmy. Good job. Oh, God. <laughs> Can't add whatever. But 40 of 80, that's all right so far. And I think it's an interesting one, these playoffs, because I've looked at my playoff record last year. I picked 51 of 84. Absolutely smashed last year's playoffs. And uh, we're at 40 of, 40 of 80 so far. It feels like this year's uh, we didn't have the easy beats that I think last year's playoffs did. And also just... We talked about the blowouts and everything yesterday and how, like, the lack of rest is really fucking teams up. And it's also making the uh, games, like, substantially, substantially tougher to just predict and, like, have any vibe on. So, with that in mind, what's going to happen tomorrow, Jimmy? (laughs) Dallas, go to Golden State for Game 5. Oh, jeez, what do you reckon? I'm picking... The Dallas Mavericks, plus six and a half, because I just like the Mavs to carry over that hot shooting for one more game. You've seen Reggie Bullock just drop off a cliff uh, in game three. You've seen the Mavs sort of in and out of, like, shooting form. I think the Mavs can just hit some shots in this one. If you get a big Luka performance, put the scare into the Warriors, they will cover even if they still lose, I think. I think this is the one time that Dallas just go, right, hammer and tongs. We're in Golden State. We're going to quiet this crowd. And Golden State just eke over the line, but Dallas cover the six and a half points. Because I do like what Dallas sort of hit on in last game, right? Like, even though Golden State came out like the absolute clappers in the fourth quarter and cut everything back down, as I've said time and time again, uh, Dallas have shooters that want the ball to go in. Golden State have got shooters that think the ball's already in. And... I think that's going to be a big thing in Game 5. Like, Golden State at home, role players play better at home. Did you know that? Yeah. Uh, but I think Dallas, I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie, Brunson, Luca, if they can just keep it ticking over and then get a bit of something-something from Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock and co, Maxi Kleber, etc., they can push the Warriors. Because, I mean, the Warriors, so dependent on Looney in the middle with Curry and Clay kind of in and out of this series at times, but, I mean, Steph has been a pretty good constant. But 
I think Golden State hit just enough down the stretch and get this game and win out 4-1. Either way, I'd love to see it extended because more basketball is always going to make me happier. But I think this might be the end of the road. But either way, Dallas will cover. So give me the plus 6.5. Love it. Awesome. And there you go. We'll wrap up that all on tomorrow's show because that's what we do here at NBA Australia day in, day out. All right, so make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey, IGs. We're all over the socials. Get around NFL Australia with myself and Gaz, World Wrestling Australia with Adam. Uh, check that out on YouTube. Get around nbaaustralia.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Check us a rating review on your podcast app. Download the Knowable app. Bang in your code Straya. Get 20% off. Get smart. Uh, big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. They rule. And big thanks to Joshua Delarantis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ram Shackle Army, Iowa Sex Jedi, Green Green Green, and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Uh, Ram Shackle Army are playing a show at the corner on June 25, I believe. A uh, week after my birthday, I'll be there getting loose, drinking some beers with Gaz and Co. Uh, they're playing with Area 7. So if you love your 90s ska bands, there you go. <laughs> Sick, I'll see you there. Either way, smash all those bands on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands. It's just what we do. And we'll close out today's show with a really quick diary of Stephen Adams, and we will catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would ya? And later, Hosen. a quick story entry today brew because I'm freezing brew I'm on a big ship on my way down to Antarctica brew that was my big holiday that I planned eh I just sort of went oh brew last week got a bit of time off eh so I better get around a bit of a holiday and I was just like oh shit I jumped on the boot and now I'm fucking freezing eh so a big frozen bit of ice down there on the ocean I'm gonna go there for my holiday eh so I'm going to go visit the only continent I haven't been to, I thought. Maybe see some penguins, brew. Uh, but it's a bit rough. It's bloody cold as. Um, the kitchen here is pretty bare bones, brew. So I haven't found anywhere to cook my shopping out to Port Lockray hungy, brew. So I thought I'd come down and check out the Lemire Channel, brew, and stuff like that. But, oh, man. I wish I brought a big jacket. So hopefully we'll swing past some penguins and I'm up out. i grab a couple of them and maybe skin them, eh? So, but shush, don't tell anyone about that. That's a bit rough as, eh? So... But yeah, it's a bit hard to ride with all the wind and all the icebergs and junk at the moment. I'm a bit bloody cold too, so yeah, I'll ride to you probably next week, brew. Maybe after I've whipped up a pivluva in the ship's kitchen, which the fellow there, he told me that it's actually called the Gilly Brew. So yeah, that'll be fun. And I'll find somewhere under decks where I can do a bit of a hungy brew. We'll see how that goes, eh? So until then, oh, brew, it's so cold, eh? Till next week, eh? Cheer, cheer. Oh, love Stephen Adams, eh?